You are listening to the Soul Above Cancer podcast, episode 111, creating meaningful cancer content with your host, Gabrielle and Alex. Hello, fellow cancer thrivers. Welcome to this week's episode of the Soar Above Cancer podcast, a podcast dedicated to finding the strength to not only survive a cancer diagnosis, but thrive at living one's life with cancer. So today we are talking about something that Alex and I have quite a bit of experience in. It's creating meaningful content related to oncology. But we wanted to dive a little bit into what exactly do we do to create content and how do you make content meaningful? You don't want to just create content to create content because that's a lot of work for nothing. You want to make sure that the content that you're creating is something that is going to be of value to other people. And we really like to think that what we add to the podcast and who we bring as guests is meaningful to all of you. Basically, we want to delve into how can you do the same for other people. So our first question is really basic. It's what is content? What can be defined as content? Content in a general sense can be very vague. It can be very comprehensive. So when I look at the definition, it really is the material that is dealt with in a speech, a piece of literacy work, a presentation, video, blog, things like that. So all in all, content is all of the work, the research, the activities and the resources, and the material that go into a piece of work in some general sense using some type of artistic form. The idea of maybe meaningful content and how it relates to cancer is that any article that can be published or any video that you create, all of sort of the meat and potatoes or the middle part of like the sandwich, if you want to use sort of that food analogy, of that piece of work is the content. So when you want to develop meaningful content, it really does come down to all of the little pieces of information and all of the sort of behind the scenes work that is going into the piece of work in general so that the content you can create can be more meaningful and maybe creative. Yeah. Content, like you said, it's the good stuff. It's the information that people are going to want to know about, right? How you deliver it then becomes a whole other story because it's one thing to be able to have content and know what you want as a message, what you want to say and what you want to share with others delivering then becomes a whole other component of this idea of creating content. But really the content itself is the good stuff. It's the the things that really probably hold some meaning to you and that you're choosing to share. And the reason we're discussing this idea of content is because it's sort of what we're doing right now on the podcast. And Gabrielle and I have been lucky enough to have the opportunity to develop different pieces of content since our diagnosis. So let's dive into that a little bit. What cancer content have the two of us created since our diagnosis? Well, I want to start by just saying that creating content is not easy. And I really don't want anyone to hear this podcast and think that we're able to do this like really easily and it's, it's no big deal. We actually have to brainstorm quite a lot regarding what exactly can we bring forward to to our audience content that we've created so far have been on various different topics we've been through narratives we've been through guests we've like we've really talked about so much related to cancer and any field kind of related to oncology 
when we talk about maybe the forms of content that we've created, that also varies a lot. So overall, we've kind of been all over the place, I think. Like, what do you think has been the, the most interesting pieces of content that we've created, Alex? Well, I just think comprehensively, the idea of the podcast is generated a lot of content. So that is some mm-hmm. of the form of content that we've created. You've started blogs and sort of having that different component. Me and you have had the opportunity to speak at yep. Young Adult Cancer Canada's conference and sort of discuss how our podcast relates to the young adults and sort of what content we brought. But in total, we've been really all over the map when it comes to content. We've discussed storytelling, we've discussed speaking to oncologists and how to sort of reach out to the health network. We've discussed different topics of conversation and spirituality and emotions and psychosocial support with different interviewers. And each different piece of content, I think, requires a different set of skills and it requires a different set of research. And approach so all in all I guess we've done a lot of content but we've done different forms and we've done different approaches individually and as two of us together and we've also had the opportunity to offer our platforms as a way for other people to create content and through having guests on the podcast and I've done a few interviews with people and and translated it into a blog online etc so these are our platforms were also giving the opportunity for other people to create content and share their content too. So that's been also a lot of fun because it's not just us creating content, it's us creating a space for other people to create content. So what's your favorite form of communicating your message? So kind of that content that we end up creating, how do you want to deliver it? It's funny because when I was in school, my strong suit was like math and business and accounting and it was sort of more so in numbers but when i discovered after cancer some of the skills that i had a lot of them were related to maybe the more journalism side of things so for me i like to speak so probably my favorite would be a speech and when i'm communicating my message or even like a podcast when i just get to talk and converse with people or like an interview style And then secondly, I like blogs or articles or storytelling and things like that. So I actually equally like both. But if I had to pick one, I really like delivering speeches because there's a lot more information that can be brought about in different ways. So I can use changes in my voice. I can use pauses. I can use stories and told in different ways and different timing, chronological order to deliver a message. Mm-hmm. So personally, my favorite would probably be speeches or podcasts, but I'm also really a big fan of creative writing altogether. So what about yourself? I think my answer would vary, not day to day, but from like moments in my life. So if I look at like during chemo, social media was probably the form of communication that I preferred just because it was simpler. It was easier to get my message across in that sense. I could add pictures I was a little bit all over the place. So it was easy to edit if I made mistakes or whatever. So for me, that was part of of the communication style that I would use. When it comes to today, I think I would agree with Alex in saying that speeches are probably my favorite portion or, or favorite form of communicating my messages 
because I like to see the people in front of me. I like to engage with a crowd. I like to be able to share my story in a way that other people are going to feel a lot of emotions. And through in-person kind of chats, it becomes easier to kind of showcase that emotion and exactly what it has meant to me to go through all of this. I also love the idea of figuring out how do I best deliver this message? What stories are going to be best for this audience? And I kind of like to play with that. Lately, I think another form of communication that I've been kind of dabbling in is actually writing a book. And for me, that's new. But if any of you guys are aware of what NaNoWriMo is. It's National Novel Writing Month in November. So I'm actually trying to write 50,000 words of my story in 30 days. For me, that's a new way to share my stories. It's a grand way. It's something that I've been kind of wanting to do for a long time. And finally, I feel capable of gathering my thoughts and my ideas and being able to deliver something, the stories that are most important and seem to have the most impact on other people. So that's a new form of communication for me that I, I've really started to enjoy. I'm going to start writing on November 1st, and I'm really excited for that. I think the sky's the limit when it comes to ways to deliver a message, and I like to dabble in all of them, I guess. I know. It's hard to answer that question because I'm almost in complete agreement with you, and I actually didn't know that next month was like this national writing month, which is really yeah. cool. I actually started similar to you writing this past week. I sort of jumped back into writing a book I've written like last year. And I think I took like a year off just based on timing and things like that. And I managed to have a similar goal, but I try to just write a page a day. So however many words that is, I just try and write a page a day so I can get some thoughts out. Sometimes I find that if I write too much and I get tired, my writing gets a little lazier. So that's sort of a goal I've set is if I write in one page, I find I'm fresh and all the ideas are in my mind and everything, all the notes that I have are printed properly and that I don't necessarily get too ahead of myself. So that's another sort of a goal or piece of advice for someone who might be interested in writing or blogging is take sort of the time that it takes you to write and go at your own pace. There isn't necessarily a race for that. And one thing that you mentioned, which is, really interesting with social media in the sense that I think if someone is trying to tell their story throughout cancer or it's their first time expressing their emotion with cancer or they just want to provide updates, social media is a great beginner way to get involved in that. And I only say that because social media can be a little bit more informal. You're allowed to make mistakes. There are different ways to just sort of throw out me all the information together. And a lot of people are already on social media. You have your friends there, you have family there. It's a really easy way to not necessarily have to reach out far to get all the information or guidance because there's already a lot of people using it. So another question that can be really interesting to look into we've created a lot of content and maybe we don't possess all the skills necessary or any, I mean, our audience would probably have way more of an idea of that than we would, but what skills should an individual build or maybe have to release a strong outline when it comes to creating content? Ooh, that's a tough one. Two that come to mind are one creativity. You need to be able to be creative to create content. It's just, 
I think they go hand in hand. Not to say that you need to be overly creative and like the most creative person in the world. That's not it. It's just, you need to be comfortable with being creative and trying new things and kind of getting out of your comfort zone. The second skill that I think is really important is introspection, I would say, because when you're creating content, it's not about regurgitating all of your, your story. It's not about giving all of the information. It's about creating something that is going to be easy for other people to take in and gather what the message was behind your sharing this content. What I find a lot is that when we're in the thick of things, when we're either in treatments or very anxious because something is coming up. When we're, we're really in that emotion, sometimes it's difficult to create content per se. I love to write during those times because I think that I get really interesting stuff out in paper. I've been reading some of the stuff that I wrote during treatments and it's really interesting. It's really good stuff. Is it content? No, it's, it's writing. It's creative writing. I think that by being able to go inwards and kind of do that work with yourself and be at a place where you don't necessarily feel the need to overshare or share everything, you end up being able to deliver content that's more concise, that's better able to be understood by someone else. So I think that that's actually a skill that we don't necessarily think of when we think of creating content, but that in my opinion has a huge impact on how content is received. What about you, Alex? What do you think? Along the similar lines of you, I think creativity is extremely important. And I think that can scare a lot of people because someone might think I'm not creative at all. I'm always going, you know, on the same path as the stories that other people tell. But I think creativity, although it can be innate, I think it could be easily learned. And I think the only way to explore creativity is to create outlines or just creatively write about something that you might like. It doesn't have to start with cancer if you're really interested in sports or food or cars or anything in particular. Just start writing about that and see if you developed a certain technique yeah. or, or even just speak about that. Record yourself talking about it or write on social media. And that's where creativity lies. The ability to be organized and set a goal for yourself when you're creating content is important because you could stay on track. So you don't have to just blurt out a video or a speech and that's your final edit and that's what you're going to deliver to be organized. It's the idea of, okay, I'm going to do some research on this. I'm going to put it in a word doc or I'm going to be putting it on a piece of paper. I'm going to find some resources for it. I'm going to do some brainstorming beforehand. So just having a bit of organization beforehand, so that when you're actually sitting down and either writing a piece or you are delivering a piece, you have some information and you are aware of what you're talking about before you go into it. I think finally a piece that we can get into next too is just being aware of who your audience is. Yeah. So it's not necessarily self-awareness. It's just if you're speaking to other individuals living with cancer per se, and you are going through similar experiences, your experience might be different from everyone else's. So just be aware that maybe one piece of information might not work for everyone, but mm -hmm. at the same time, they might listen to what you have to say. So it's just being aware of who your audience is and, and stopping to think, 
is this bit of information beneficial to that person or is it just like regurgitation of nonsense? So I think those are just a couple skills that can be learned or can be included when creating some type of content piece. You touched on something that was really interesting is organization. And you hit something that I was trying to figure out how am I supposed to say this, but being organized is a skill or being able to organize your thoughts and yourself is a skill that I think is very important to content creating because that that might just be me, but I'm well aware that most people don't probably read every word of what I write when I write a blog post or mostly blog posts, but even with podcasts, sometimes they'll fast forward through a question or whatever. It's really about how do you format the piece to make sure that the content that you're creating is clear to the other person. So being organized in your thoughts and being able to organize kind of what you want to say, like headers, like using all those things can really have an impact on the content that you create. So good idea. Absolutely. Well, thank you. And I saw you get really excited at that point too. So I'm glad that you were able to, to bring it up. So one point that we really touched on earlier is just being aware of, of who your audience is. So when it comes to cancer content specifically, there are two types of audiences. I think there's the idea that there is the cancer audience that understand yeah. what you're going through and yeah. they they've lived it themselves or they're supporting you and they've understood it. And then there's the other side of individuals who may have no idea what cancer is about and it's their first time learning about it or their aunt like had it and they don't fully understand. So how is it important to maybe weigh how to communicate your message with one piece of audience and then how is it going to differ when you talk about it to a different audience? Like how do you sort of balance the technique between the two audiences? I find it rare that both audiences mix. Like to be mm -hmm. honest, if the audience is mixed, it's usually with caregivers, which have a very good understanding of what cancer is and people living with cancer. I've, I've never encountered a situation where both are so mixed that I need to take both into consideration. So my approach has actually been to, to know which one I'm talking to. And then what I will deliver to that audience, the content that I choose to share is drastically different. When I talk about giving a speech to someone, to a group that doesn't have really necessarily close links with cancer, I need to be careful about what I say and how I'm explaining things. We can't take into consideration that they understand any of what I'm saying, any of the terms that I'm using, any of the experiences that I'm living. When I talk about chemotherapy, that's more well-known, but what about when I talk about ringing the chemo bell? That's a concept that might not be familiar to them. And it, and it can happen in the other audience where with people living with cancer, but it's just a little less common. They will understand a little bit more where you're coming from and where you're going with certain experiences, which makes it that you explain it in a different way. You can't go into details with them necessarily because you're going to lose their interest. They don't want to know what chemotherapy is. Chances are they know what chemotherapy is. They'll want to know how did you make it through? How did you feel? Because you know what? I felt the same way and I want to know that I'm not alone, right? So 
it's two different things. One is awareness more. The other one is usually more about relate, relating to the person and making them feel a little less alone. That's my personal exper- experience. Yeah. What about you, Alex? What's important is, is what you said. There, there rarely are situations where someone yeah. who doesn't know cancer and someone does, the audience is mixed. So you have to be aware of that. And just taking a pause and thinking, okay, well, this part of the audience is aware of what I'm going through. So I can be more genuine and I can maybe skip the little details if necessary. And I can get a little bit more in depth without having to take a step back and explain myself. I think you're able to possibly be more creative and step outside of the bounds a little bit when you're dealing with an audience who has gone through cancer or has lived through it. You're just able to talk about a little bit more. And it's like as if you are speaking to someone about it and you're explaining your journey and your situation. Mm -hmm. If it's to another cancer thriver, I think you can skip certain details and you can you can talk about things that you can't talk about or you you don't necessarily feel comfortable talking about with the audience that isn't aware of cancer. But I think when you're dealing with that other side of individuals who are at least curious about learning about your experience and maybe they don't know a whole lot, you just have to be a little bit more constructive and deliver your message in a way that that individual can understand. So whether that be better explanation, better research, more facts into a certain topic, or writing down more information for that individual, you can still tell the same point and you can finish at the end result in the same way. I just think the way you go about it and the way you communicate your message changes and you just have to be more aware of what that audience might know before going into a bit of of content. Yeah. And how important is your communication method when you end up delivering content to an audience, whether it's written or oral or whatever? Telling a story altogether or telling a narrative or an experience, the the two main components are the content and the communication. And I think they're both extremely important. I think in some instances, communication can be more important just because, right? I mean, audience, yeah, audience is is everything. So that is number one is who are we talking to? So for example, I did a, a speech in front of a set of kids outside of Toronto, Ontario, just about a half an hour drive north for a, a group of like, I think it was an elementary school during their shave for the brave event. And I had to explain to them what young adult cancer Canada was, what the research money was for. And this was for children who don't really understand all of what cancer is and the situation behind it. So what I did was I explained a little bit about the organization as best as I could. And then I started asking who likes games, who likes sports, who likes food. And then I said, who likes Fortnite? And everyone exploded and they were like, oh, this is, they loved it because Fortnite is this crazy video game everybody was playing. And I said, see, and it's more fun to talk about things that you enjoy with people that understand. So you can talk about Fortnite and games and sports with all of your friends because you all get it. Well, that's what Young Adult Cancer Canada is. We all have a similar experience and we can actually talk about cancer together because it's maybe not fun for us, but it's an experience we can all relate to. So I communicated because I knew what the audience was and I was Mm -hmm. able to sort of grasp their attention just with my communication. I was more casual. But then you also have to understand if you're maybe in a business meeting or you're pitching to investors for a certain thing with with dealing with cancer, maybe you're more formal. Maybe you get to more 
facts as opposed to more in-depth experience yeah. of what you went through, right? So the communication is important just by understanding what message you're trying to send, whether it be through speech, whether it be through writing. It's more just if you can be more formal, if you can be more informal, and the amount of facts and research you bring into a content piece, or if you're able to just blurt out a lot of experience and things like that on the other end. So what do you think about communication when it comes to delivering content? You, you touched upon so many things that are really important. You gave a great example of how you were able to deliver content using a specific communication method that was appropriate for your audience. I don't know what else to say. I think you covered a lot of it. <laughs> I know my personal communication method is more around storytelling, but then there's no right or wrong communication method. I think as long as you're true to yourself, I think it shows when someone is use, trying to use the communication style and the communication method that doesn't relate to them mm-hmm. because then they become nervous, they become awkward, et cetera, et cetera. When you stay close to who you are, of course, it, within different variations, like if you're in a business meeting, you can't swear, but, <laughs> or, or you may, but there's like different, there's different norms, let's say with kids, you definitely cannot swear, but uh-huh. whatever the case may be, like there are variations to how much of yourself you can put in the meeting or in the, the presentation and delivering content, but usually you can find a piece of yourself in it. And that I think makes delivering content so much more powerful. And again, it doesn't matter what that is. Sometimes it's telling jokes. Sometimes it's being emotional. Sometimes it varies from person to person. I'm not necessarily funny. I deal with more like emotions. So like if I tried to be funny, I don't think it would go well. (laughs) I really don't. Like I don't, I don't think I would get many laughs out of it. See when I don't try to be funny. It's like a little funny, but that tends to be the case. I mean, if you, if you, maybe if you don't try to be funny, maybe you'll get the laughs, but yeah, if you know yourself, then avoid it. Yeah, exactly. So for me, that's just not what I go to because it would, it would come out wrong if I tried. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that's important to know yourself and kind of put yourself into that, that delivering content piece. So when we talked about, the idea of communication and how it affects the amount of content that we give and how we deliver it. Some pieces of advice that we may have might be very beneficial when it comes to actually delivering and creating that content. So through our experience, what are some pieces of advice that maybe we have and we've gone through and experienced to help fine tune a piece of work? I think it comes down to practicing and learning through practice, like I, I don't see any other way of improving content or improving the way you work to create content other than creating more and more content and in different styles and different topics. Like just, I, it sucks because it's a lot of work, but really the piece of advice that I would have to get better at creating content is to get yourself out there and create some content. It is very nerve wracking the first times that you do end up sharing content, but 
it gets easier and better with time and kind of everything just gets better in time when it comes to content. So what do you think? What would be your advice? The only two things I think I would add to that because practice is very important. It is what creates perfection when it comes to content. But the other two piece of advice, one would be create like a brain dump when you're starting to deliver content. So come up with all of the information that you know about a piece of content. So whether that be your cancer experience, write everything down, speak it out loud, record all that info. And if there's pieces of information that you don't need, or if there's something that you said or wrote down that you're like, oh, I've never written or said this aloud like this, it works perfectly then you know what to do for next time. So there's no such thing as having too much information when you're beginning to write content in the first place or speak it aloud because it just provides a lot of information to work with. And then secondly, I would say if you have the ability to do this, get someone maybe to edit it or to look over your piece of content before you deliver it to the masses. Just because generally when you're writing or when you're speaking, you have a certain style of delivering content and by you I mean like each of us individually and I find that sometimes it works and it works perfectly but maybe for different pieces of content or different ways of communicating you might want to get out of your comfort zone and try something new and if you have someone editing for you or giving you some constructive criticism or praise it just gets you back on that right track of delivering that properly and getting it out in the way that you want that content delivered exactly Mm-hmm. And what are things that we've learned to avoid when creating content? Avoid coming unprepared in some capacity. So I think what you and I have done really well is when we started doing our podcast together, we started by writing down everything initially. And what it helped us do was it helped us get all the information we wanted to talk about down. So all of our talking points were in front of us. And I mean, I know we found that didn't necessarily work out eventually because it kind of stifled our creativity and our way to get out and and talk about other things. But it helped us to begin by having all the research prepared so that we weren't going in completely blind. So now when we go into a podcast, we actually know we're talking about we're prepared. But I think what helped us is just getting all that information down and coming prepared with the topic and not necessarily winging it all the time because sometimes we may not actually know or we may not have enough information to create a podcast episode. So avoid coming in with no information or being maybe unprepared. And I think what to avoid is to say that an idea is stupid or to say that the talking piece is unmentionable. I think before you actually explore like an analogy or before you explore a topic of conversation, maybe because you can't relate to it yourself or because maybe you think other people can't relate to it, just see where it takes you. Just write it down, go with it, speak it aloud, write it down on social media, like take pictures. Don't stifle your own creativity before you've given yourself a chance to explore a topic of conversation. I think that's what happens often with people who are first creating content. They're like really down on themselves because they don't know if this is going to turn out really well. Don't shoot for the stars right away. Like just try and discover your creative process early on and see where it takes you because you're not going to hit a home run off the first pitch. You might, but the idea is you're trying to, like you said earlier, sort of practice to make something perfect. So don't necessarily get down on yourself too early. That's what my piece of advice would be for that. So what about you? What do you think on that? Something that I've learned that it, it actually took me quite a long time to learn, but now that I've learned it, I'm by far not 
perfect at it. It's, it's something that I work on, but it's regarding kind of details. And I've had to learn to look at details in a very different way and figuring out what exactly does the audience need regarding details? Do they need names, et cetera? Like all those little things that kind of add too much to the story, just because like we're human, the, the, the audience that is either reading what you wrote or listening to you speak is sometimes not able to retain all of those little details. And by putting them in, you're just kind of cutting from the, the actual message and the stories that you're wanting to share. So things like the names of my oncologist, I just don't put them because one, no one's going to remember. It doesn't really matter most of the time. And that just avoids the person listening to me or reading the piece that I wrote from getting stuck on that one detail that really isn't the focus of what I want to be sharing. Same with dates. I'll opt into saying something like last summer instead of June 20th, 2018, right? I find it's just, it helps other people receive my content better. Our final question today is, do we have a particular example of a favorite piece of cancer content or maybe just a general sense of what makes like a perfect piece of content related to cancer work well? I think it has to do with who I am, but I really like a piece that I can relate to. And that kind of means that there's no perfect content that I can create, but that's okay because for me, creating content isn't about pleasing everyone. It's about sharing something that I went through or an opinion of mine or something that I think I should share with other people, not for everyone to enjoy that piece or love my speech or whatever the case may be. It really has to do with making a difference in one person's life and reaching out and putting something out there so that it might make the day of one other person better. It's not about creating content that pleases everyone. So for me, that makes for a perfect content is something that I can relate to. And, and I've thrived to, to try to adopt that same mindset in things that I then create. So what about you, Alex? I don't have a particular piece of content that I have at the top of my head that's fantastic per se. But in a general sense, I think my favorite types of cancer content are ones that you can tell are genuine. So they are right. Like they, they, they are coming from an actual experience or they're something that someone you can tell really wants to talk about, or they just like really know about and they bring a different spin on it. Whereas I think people can, can tell when someone's being disingenuous just because they're spitting like facts, but they don't have either the experience or the resources or like the care, like there's something missing there. So I think if you just have a cancer piece, or even just like a general content piece where you genuinely like what you're talking about or you've experienced it, it comes across A, a lot easier to write because you're not having to scramble for ideas and B, it comes off as just like a better well-rounded piece because you know what you're talking about and you actually care about it. So it's just like a better sort of overall piece. I think that's what makes 
a content piece all around just like really, really good and really well done. So I think that's another piece of advice maybe that our listeners can take into account. I like that. In today's episode, Gabrielle and I discuss on the podcast the ability to create cancer content that is meaningful. Now we discuss in a general sense what is defined as content and what sort of cancer content has Gabrielle and I created through our diagnosis and in our survivorship phase. We discuss some of our favorite forms of communicating a message, whether that be social media, podcasts, blogs, videos, and speeches. We dive into the world of writing a book and how that can be determined in different types of cancer content and how we can go about doing that. We discuss the skills that we have developed as content creators and how we can utilize that to create strong outlines, how important determining who your audience is and being aware of how best to communicate a certain message depending on the actual content delivered. Then we dive into some of the pieces of advice to fine-tune some of our pieces of work, some things to avoid when creating content, and what really makes a content piece relating to cancer a very, very genuine and all-around well-rounded piece. This ends episode 111, Creating Meaningful Cancer Content. A big thank you to you, our listeners. You continue to show up for us as we grow this podcast and grow the blog and all of these things. And and I'm so happy that we got to chat about content this week because it's something that we've really been thinking about, Alex and I. And I would like to invite you to pitch ideas and share with us what you would like to see on the podcast in terms of content and things that we talk about or who you'd like to hear about as a guest. All of these things, we really want to hear from you. We really want your input as to what exactly you want as content. So before you go, you might want to check in with us through email or Facebook or Instagram or the website just to give us your ideas as to what we could touch on next. In the meantime, before we see you next, many smiles to you.